Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, you've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast with Liz and Matt Harmon. And we're going to talk injuries. Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Carrion Johnson, Adam Thielen. A lot of big players there. Also going to talk about the Oakland Green Bay game. The Lions and Vikings surprising shootout. Can't forget about the AFC showdown between the Texans and the Colts. The Rams traveled to Atlanta, but like, are they actually good? Or are the Falcons like really that bad? And the Ravens spanked the Seahawks. And an impassioned rant on running backs and, and injuries and health from my counterpart here, Liz Loza. Listen up. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza here with Matt Harmon, producer Brad, yada yada, you know the drill. It's week seven, we're finishing Sunday's games, and oh hey, Chase Edmonds stole all the damn thunder, but before we get to that, we got to talk about some injuries starting at the top, someone that Matt likes to call football Jesus, Patrick Mahomes, hobbled off of the field in the second quarter a couple days ago, Thursday night football, had an MRI which showed a dislocated kneecap. Plus, let's not forget about that ankle that hasn't been right for a little bit. Expected to miss three weeks, so he should be back in action, assuming he doesn't beat it because all these players want to beat these injury timelines, which, by the way, Saquon, tell me how that's going. Uh, Week 11 at the Chargers. Also, he's got a week 12 bye, so I kind of feel like maybe you should wait till after that, but I don't know. A little bit of a blessing in disguise here, I think, for both fantasy folks and also the Kansas City Chiefs. For the Chiefs, it looked like Mahomes was nursing an ankle injury anyways, so it's like now the, tempta- yeah, now the temptation is just is gone. You know, you, you have to put him on the shelf for a while, let him get completely healthy. You know, there's really no point. They're going to be in the playoffs most likely anyways. Uh, there's no one who's going to, who the, the hell's going to, well, who the hell's going to threaten them in their division? Fine. <laughs> the, the, the Broncos? Fair. Fair. They're, they're about to ship off Emmanuel Sanders. The, uh, the Raiders, they're fine, but not enough. The Chargers, ha! <laughs> Funny. So, I think the Chiefs are fine. Let Patrick Mahomes rest up for a while. And then also for fantasy people, you made a great point, Liz, that this kind of, it it decreases the options of people that you're tempted to play in this offense. Oh my gosh, I never have to answer another Byron Pringle start-sit question while Patrick Mahomes is benched. Matt, what do you think this does to the rest of the Chiefs' offensive weapons from a fantasy point of view? Or, Or are you really still high on these ancillary pieces behind Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? 
No, I did the breaking news video for this one uh, for the website and social, and it was basically it's uh, this is pretty simple. Like all these ancillary guys, nope. Like you, you were kind of not tempted to mess with the backfield at this point anymore. You're definitely not messing with Lashawn McCoy and Damian Williams or Daryl Williams, any of these guys anymore. Not in a Matt Moore led offense, and and for the rest of the pass catchers, pass catchers, it's Kelsey Hill, and I don't care. Like, the rest of these guys are just not worth messing with. And because Kelsey and Hill, let's just explain the rest of it. I'm assuming that we're on the same page here because Kelsey and Hill are just such exceptional talents, even Matt Moore. This is like the the new Hopkins name the quarterback under center except for Brock Osweiler situation. And especially with Tyree Kill, I mean, we saw he could still Mm -hmm. get off with a guy like Matt Moore in the lineup because of the big playability. Like, I mean, he's the consummate. It takes just one touch to make your entire week player. Yeah, I mean, with with Kelsey, it's like cool. What are you? Who are you going to bench Travis Kelsey for? Like, you're stuck. You're stuck with this one. But but it's it is rather funny that we're talking about Matt Moore. I mean, a guy who was literally scouting Kyler Murray at his pro day as a member of the Dolphins front office. You know, just a few months ago is now the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Life comes at you at an accelerated pace, some people say. Are you really not going to mess with anyone in this backfield considering the matchup in Week 8 is Green Bay and they are so easy to run on? I mean, sure, but, like, there's no clarity. I don't think they have a lot of clarity. Uh, It just—also, the offensive line hasn't been very good. I I would say if you are stuck, and and this is a, like, last resort scenario, I would— prioritize McCoy ahead of either of the Williamses. Williams, comma, Damian is a pass catching back only asset in this offense. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to if you are going to you know, if you're going to hate hate start someone, you're going to hate start LaShawn McCoy. Uh, It's just a like if this was, for example, Kareem Hunt or like 2018 Damian Williams, I think you would still take a flyer, especially in this matchup. It's just such a razor thin margin for error spot because of the lack of clarity here. And probably the game script. Yeah, and you're playing in a Matt Moore-led offense. And one more time, Matt Moore was a member of the Dolphins front office uh, during pro day season this year. Uh, That's the Dolphins front office, not quarterback room, just to be clear. Also, the Dolphins front office. Yeah. I mean, I always, like, look, I, was, I, was, I always liked him too I in that hard knocks season. Yeah. Oh, I liked him. And I mean, he was a, he was a Panthers quarterback for a while. And like he was the guy that. He was staving off, you know, the the red hot uh, Jimmy Clausen threat. So I have fun. I have a fun spot for Matt Moore. Plus, like he was, he came in that. No one cares. He came in that 2007 season where Jake DeLome got hurt, and like they ran through Derek Carr. I mean, no, excuse me, David Carr, and like Vinny Testaverde. They brought off the couch at like 46 years old, and it was like, oh, let's get Matt Moore a chance. And he did I for them. So I have a fun spot in my heart for Matt Moore. But I'm going to make jokes here now. I'm just going to stay quiet for all the Matt Moore nugs possible. See if I could play some Matt Moore trivia. It's almost like we're at a pub and we're playing Matt Moore trivia night. If you ever Anything need, else? If you ever need any uh, Matt Moore trivia, I'm your guy. Great. Uh, if the Falcons need a quarterback, Matt Ryan might not be their guy. And after I hyped him, too, I was so bummed because Matt Ryan has been on such a tear on cover three. Kimberly made a joke about Kimberly A. Martin, my co-host, made a joke about Matt Ryan getting money. And I was like, well, that's a quarterback who performs passing for over 300 yards every damn week of the season, regardless of the shaky offensive line. He is delivering under pressure. And, uh, well... Aaron Donald proved to be too much for that shaky offensive line. He did it again. 
Ryan got sacked by Donald in the fourth quarter, left the game limping. Real sad limp, by the way. Um, so Matt, Matt Schaub, I mean, if we're talking Ugh. Matt's who are a blast from the quarterback past, he finished the game for Matty Ice, game in quotes. Um, Ryan was spotted in a walking boot after the contest. He's got Seattle in week eight, week nine by. So I have to imagine he comes back week 10 at New Orleans. And here's a fun narrative twist. Same week that Drew Brees is probably coming back. It's offensive that Matt Schaub is still a quarterback in the NFL. Multiple people in the newsroom when he came in said aloud, I didn't know Matt Schaub was still in the NFL. Oh, Multiple but, people. but they didn't say anything when Matt Moore was like, yo, 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 I'm putting my helmet on. Well, I mean, it's pretty similar sentiment. <laughs> As a Broncos fan, I was not watching that Thursday night game. I remember the Hall of Fame game when Matt Schaub was taken, when he was playing deep into the Hall of Fame game, like the pre-preseason game, Matt Schaub was playing deep into that game. It was like, wow, again, life comes at you at an accelerated pace, but... Here we are. He's still the number two quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, and that is a bummer for all their offensive weapons if Matt Schaub is really forced to start games. Yeah. Also, it was a bummer for my DFS squad, and I think yours too, because we were both high on Devonta Freeman in this matchup, and <laughs> bro got another victim of Aaron Donald uh, ejected for the game, ejected from the game for trying to start a fight. Someone tweeted that it looked like he was. Um, trying to steal his lunch money because he got picked up off the ground. Yeah. Little Oof. feet were wiggling. It wasn't a great visual. Tough, tough scene for little backs uh, in the NFL this week after a Saints uh, defender or Saints player sized up Tariq Cohen when he was uh, talking to Sean Payton. Payton. Tough scene for, for little backs here this week in the NFL. Ito Smith also left this game. Um, so that wasn't great. So now the Falcons not only have a losing record, but they lose Matty Ice, who I would think was their most consistent offensive producer. Devonta Freeman gets ejected. Ido Smith is hurt. Looks like he's going to have a stinger. Who knows if he'll miss time? Probably not, but still. And then when you look at Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, and Julio Jones, you're still starting Julio Jones. I think of these receivers. We saw Matt Schaub come in and throw a touchdown almost immediately in garbage time to Austin Hooper. Admittedly, the Rams are vulnerable over the middle of the field, but I think Austin Hooper might maintain the floor along with Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley, to me, takes the high, the biggest hit in this offense from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I think you nailed that. Great. So let's move on. Kerryon Johnson. He hurt his knee in the first quarter of Sunday's action, returned wearing a knee brace, not to the game, just returned to the field mm -hmm. wearing a knee brace. That's never a good sign. Nope. It was Ty Johnson, the rookie who got 10 carries, also converted all four of his looks. He, by the way, only owned in 1% of leagues, so a nice waiver wire ad, especially if Johnson in this run-friendly offense were to miss time. And the matchup in Week 8 is great against the Giants. They just got roasted by Chase Edmonds. Over 120 yards, three touchdowns. Any other thoughts on carry-on? I mean, I think that Ty Johnson is definitely going to be on the flex radar, as you mentioned. And, you know, let's not forget that they kept him around on this roster as the sixth-round pick because they were point. really intrigued with his receiving ability. Chase Edmonds is a multi-threat back, too, and, and we know he just completely roasted the Giants, like you said. So I think he's definitely a good, a good play here. And, look, it's it just... It's an opportunity play. I mean, who who the hell else are they going to use on this roster? J.D. McKissick, gross. Uh, Paul Perkins, LOL. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I really like him as a pickup. And he's an all-purpose back, like I said. And he, uh, 
Liz, I don't know if you know this, but he had over 4,000 total <laughs> yards at Maryland, third most in school history. That's incredible. What a nug. What a nug. In that same matchup, <laughs> Adam Thielen also left the game hurt. He did a hammy on a 25-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. Now, the Vikings play on Thursday night, so quick turnaround. He, of course, believes he's going to play. Yeah. Because Superman, right? He's going to get an MRI on Monday. Week 8, like I said, is Thursday night. They face Washington. Ain't no reason to bother starting Adam Thielen because you can hashtag establish the run against that team in Washington. I don't think that they'll play him. Uh, The Vikings think he's week to week, even if he thinks he's day to day. That's what Mike Florio was saying uh, before Sunday Night Football. So uh, I don't expect to see him this week. Would you take Stephon Diggs knowing that this offense in terms of passing production can only support one receiver anyway and Washington is vulnerable against a pass? factoring in, of course, that Mike Zimmer doesn't want to put it in the air if he doesn't necessarily have to. I mean, I don't know if I completely agree with the idea that they can only support one receiver. I mean, Kirk Cousins threw four touchdowns again today over 300 yards. And I mean, this I didn't expect that game to turn into a shootout, but it did. Both of those offenses, both of those quarterbacks are playing pretty well right now. So it was a divisional game. Yeah, I mean, I don't definitely don't think they'll have to put up that kind of fight against Washington. So I'm just saying, like, on a weekly basis, I think they can maybe support one and a half wide receivers. I mean, they controlled that game against Philadelphia throughout, and Thielen scored early, and Diggs still managed to get to the end zone three times. So I'm not necessarily thinking that it's got to be one or the other every week, but I definitely think, I mean, Diggs is a, is a total, like, must-start against that Washington secondary, for Seven sure. of eight for 142 against the Lions, and like I said at Fantasy Football Live, if he were to draw Darius Slay, the last time he went over 70 yards when facing Darius Slay was 2017, week four, I believe, of 2017, and these two obviously have played each other quite a bit. Um, Darius Slay's not 100% healthy. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is beyond healthy. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, he did drop a uh, mm. what would have been a touchdown, but, you know, things happen. To his credit, he tweeted right after the game was over, like, gotta, you know, drop the touchdown. Like, gotta, gotta let that one, uh, gotta make that play. Yeah, you know, that's that's nice of you to be accountable, Stefan. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, let's talk about the Giants because everyone was so excited that Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley were going to rush back after being on the lamb, if you will. On the lamb? That's like what people say, right? That's what old folks say. Um, so, <laughs> folks. <laughs> um, so Evan Ingram, they both got hurt. They both got a little bit dinged in this one. Um, oh, and Rhett Ellison scored a touchdown just to pour a little salt in uh, Even like the tight before, end Even I think before Evan Ingram yeah, left the early. game, so pretty brutal. I have to admit, like, so Evan Ingram has a knee and Barkley seemed to retweak that ankle. I'm a little, you know, what's on my radar right now is a little bit of this, like, rushing back from injury stuff. Like, I feel like, and forgive the tangent, I'm interested in your um, perspective on this because it's not something we've chatted about off air or on air. I feel like since AP returned from that ACL years ago when he was with the Vikings and everybody was like comping him to a Lamborghini, right? Like he was part, part robot. Cyborg. Right. Everybody. Oh my God, that's amazing. And since then there's been this weird 
expectation, competitive bar set that players have to beat the timeline medically delivered to them. And I'm wondering now if it's reached such a point. We, we, we would say like, oh my God, look at um Jimmy Graham coming back from a patella injury, right? That used to be a career ender. Look at all these guys returning from ACL. Look at Cooper Cup this year, right? Um, look at Jimmy Garoppolo to a certain extent. Like, all of these players beating these timelines and medicine and technology have just gone so far. But now are we also at a point where our expectations don't align with physiological evolution? Have we jumped the shark on the return from injury? And is it necessary? Like, at what cost? Okay, yeah. great. Patrick Mahomes now is going to be out a couple of weeks. And I think you made an excellent point about, sure, he tweaked his ankle. But, like, maybe if he had rested earlier in the season, we wouldn't be at this point. He wouldn't have maybe drop those two games at Arrowhead because he wasn't hobbled. You know, we wouldn't be worried about the offensive line. Saquon Barkley, who let's not forget was like the second overall pick two years ago, wouldn't be in this weird position where his body is already being brutalized because of the nature of what his position does. Evan Ingram, the team's only pass catcher, isn't worried about his damn knee and he's a player who's already struggled with durability. Like, can we just let these dudes breathe and can you do a better job scouting your backups so that you have someone serviceable and it's not Wayne f- Gallman, who gets concussed anyway, some by Cam and Egger in there. Gall- Gallman banged in a big spot. Gall- <laughs> Gallman totally just caught a stray in that in that barrage there. Um, no, I mean, I think you're, I think you're right about that. Like, especially for a team. I mean, the Giants are. T- what are you doing? Like they're alive in the NFC race, the NFC East race. Excuse me, because I mean, we're watching Dallas and Philadelphia right now, and like duking it out to be four and three. I mean, that's it's they're not out of range, at least coming into this week. They were not out of range of the division. But at the same time, like, have a little introspection here. You're not you're not. Winning Dude, the, the Cardinals are year. able to do it. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury is able to do it in his rookie season as a head coach in the NFL and say, like, oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to activate David Johnson. Didn't want to tell anyone about it, but you did do it. But also, bravo. <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually smart because you made this point on one of our live streams. If Chase Edmonds were to get hurt, then he knows he has David Johnson available. Why are you laughing? Tavon Austin to score the touchdown. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought we're not supposed to reference the Sunday night show. Sunday night game. Well, you asked me. So. Well, you guys just did. Well, I didn't. It's over my shoulder anyway. No, I mean, you're, but yeah, the, the teams are not beholden to us, right? Like, they're not... Uh, they're, they're they're never going to feel the squeeze because no one's going to stop watching football. No one's going to stop playing fantasy because you got banged by David Johnson one time. No, or... but But I do think franchises are going to get banged in terms of record if they don't allow their players to properly heal instead of incentivizing them in this weird, like, bro fest to, like, like outdo each other and, and, you know, beat, like, the doctor doesn't know anything. You can beat that. It seems weird to me. I think it's an astute point, yeah. Well, well, thank you for saying I'm astute. All right, so it bears mentioning that in week eight, the Giants are at Detroit. We talked about the Detroit side going to New York or hosting New York. Um, so Barkley and Ingram would face the Lions. Do you think they're going to, I think they're probably going to play. Like, I think they're going to be like, it's fine. We'll ice it. They'll limit it throughout practice. And Barkley. Then, you know. Yeah. Cause he I mean, he came back in the game and finished. So like, he'll be fine. I, I don't, I, Ingram, maybe less so. But Sterling Shepard is expected back in week eight. So yeah, from there's like your the one for one concussion of the year. So just to get yourself another slot receiver out there. Also, Lions. Snacks Harrison got banged up in this one. So I do yeah. think that'll make things. And Mike Daniels did not play for the second week in a row, I believe. Yeah, he hasn't really so given them anything so far. That makes um, Saquon a nice matchup. You're going to play him, obviously, if he's available. 
All right. Um, we talked about Chase Edmonds owning everybody. Marvin Jones did that <laughs> as well. Sick. Through the air. Marvin Jones. Uh, remember when someone was a little upset that Marvin Jones dropped a touchdown after, on our after live stream? After catching two? After catching two. Well, things went fine the rest <laughs> of the day for one Marvin Jones. Uh, I mean, this is I, this game really went outside of my expectations, you know? Like, I did not see just this eruption of a shootout coming, but I mean, damn, we really got it. Everybody, I mean, Kenny, everybody but Kenny Galladay kind of got in on the action. But. Also, Marvin Jones has a history of roasting Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. I think Xavier Rhodes last year or two years ago was initially roasted by Jones on in that Thanksgiving game, and that was the moment that Rhodes had been shut down for everyone. But some, for some reason, Jones and his thin reedy frame is able to get after Rhodes in a way that barely barely uh, few other receivers can well if you're like in tune with deep vikings twitter and i've got a few pals there including our producer brandon velasky who's often tilting about the vikings uh when he's not creating rundowns for fantasy football live he's tilting about the vikings like people have been upset about xavier Rhodes' performance for for quite some time now that they there there's been a lot of whispers that he's not the same player. There's been a lot of injuries with him. So it wouldn't be totally shocking if, if we've seen him take, you know, kind of a step back. He's allowed a 93.6 passer rating coming into week seven, um, a uh, over a 60, 65% catch rate. So he's not exactly like a shutdown corner anymore. The secondary is kind of the basis of this Vikings defense. And I think, or it should be under Mike Zimmer. That's, that's the way, Mike Zimmer wants to build teams from the back to the front, even though they have a couple good players in the front line, of course. Uh, but overall, yeah, I mean, this has been this is, defense is not like we talked we talked um, about the Cowboys defense on a few podcasts ago. Like, where does the, what is this performance? I think it was about Sam Darnold like dunking on the. I think it was last Sunday's podcast. Like Sam Darnold dunks on the Cowboys. What does this say about the Cowboys defense? Kirk Cousins dunks on. I mean, excuse me, Matthew Stafford dunks on this defense with Marvin Jones, and it just the, all of these defenses. And I mean, hell, even the Great Bears defense, you know, allowed another hundred yard rusher today. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater having an efficient performance. Like a lot of these defenses in the NFL are just not good enough to move the needle like week to week. And I think this Vikings defense is is one of them. Like at this point, I'm not walking into every week and be like, I, I got to get like all my Vikings players or, you know, all my players facing the Vikings out of my fantasy lineup. They're just not that good of a stop unit at this point. Sure. I think that that's a fine point. I will just say from a, I would expect Kenny Galladay to return as the number one receiver, especially facing the Giants. We've talked about this matchup like three times already. Also, hell of a thing to do. Fun fact: T.J. Hawkinson has so many would-be touchdowns, and of course, almost doesn't count in football or fantasy football. But the fact that he is getting so many red zone looks means that eventually they will translate. And I feel like the Giants are an opportunity, especially given the lack of depth at the position um, for that to happen. So if you have TJ Hawkinson, I'm holding on to him again in week eight. Um, All right, let's move on to a game that you were excited to watch at the top of the day. Green Bay, Oakland, Darren Waller got extended Mm -hmm. upon discovering the news that uh, Tyrell Williams was struggling with plantar fasciitis. It wasn't getting better. So the team extended Darren Waller. That's a big clue to me that um, they're happy with his performance and that Tyrell Williams isn't 
doing better. And that he's probably going to be limited for most of the year. Also, you know, they acquired Zay Jones, so that says something as well. Game day inactive today was was Zay Jones, uh, so that's kind of a bummer. But yeah, th- th- it was apparent really early on, like. Josh Jacobs had some good runs on this uh, Packers defense. He got hurt for a little bit, came back, whatever. It's fine. But, man, when Jacobs slowed down, Derek Carr just had, like, two straight overthrows because nobody's open. You know, Waller was pretty much the guy there. Foster Moreau, the other tight end there, who some people are actually pretty high on, uh, he had a touchdown as well. So, yeah, I mean – in this passing game right now, it's like Waller or bust. Like, don't like miss me with Zay Jones, miss me with Hunter Renfro. Uh, throwing to him has been like thrown into the dirt so far this year. So yeah, it's it's been it's been rough for Oakland's passing game. But this game, like, did... it doesn't matter in this matchup because Green Bay is the team that you can run on. Right, and the the great part about this game, like I've been saying over and over again throughout this season, that look with the Green Bay Packers. They are winning, and they're playing really well. And the unit that needs to gel and get better is the one manned by a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, this breakthrough, whenever it was going to come, it was going to be really welcomed, and it'd be something like you could bank on, right? Like, at the end of the day, you know Aaron Rodgers is going to get going. He looked good last week. I don't know everyone said he sucked. I mean, he was being let down by his receivers because he's throwing to, like— not, I almost said Jared Aberderis because it might as well have okay, been, yeah, but like Lazard and Kumaro and Kumaro, by the way, his face is real pink. Yeah. Right. Does that look weird, a little weird to you? Oh, he's got a pink face. Yeah. What's that yeah about? He's got a pink face. Looks, it looks like he's like playing in, in like minus, minus 20 degree weather. Yeah. This, this is, I was, <laughs> anyway. Do you um, know, but so my, but point, I like your, I like where you're going with like this. Like this, this unit, especially because you mentioned the last, really the last two weeks, I think, but especially that Monday nighter against Detroit. Yeah, Rodgers looked great, which just means like this monster performance was coming. And look, like Garyon Conley, Eric Harris, some of these guys for the Raiders in the secondary have just been getting thumped all year. Yeah. And this performance, obviously, it brings out the rest of it. And then now, I mean, the question going forward for the Packers is just like, is this is this is this the beginning of the offensive kind of breakthrough for the Green Bay Packers? Keep in mind, next it's a bummer that it happens at this point in the schedule, but they're getting the Chiefs next week on Sunday Night Football. Obviously, Mahomes isn't going to be there. The Chargers, Panthers, by 49ers, Giants, Washington. It's a bummer from fantasy from a fantasy perspective. Well, it's maybe, a bummer that we I don't think... get to watch the two go head to head. You know, right. Mahomes, Rogers, but also it it perverse, preserves Rogers, which I think is important at his age, and given the fact that he's had a history of getting hurt in the second half of the season, also. I like the idea of Aaron Jones against the Kansas City defense. Oh, yeah. um, and Aaron Jones, despite fumbling numerous times and Jamal Williams looking like the hashtag stud and Matt LaFleur being rather indecisive about who's going to be his RB1, it looks as though, again, things are clicking and Aaron Jones is the team's lead back. He only rushed for 50 yards, but he did have significantly more carries than Jamal Williams despite what happened last week. It was Jamal Williams, though, um, who saw one target more. And uh, also, they both had receiving touchdowns. Yeah. Aaron Jones didn't drop that touchdown this time. Mm-mm. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I really like Aaron Jones next week against Kansas City. Um, and MVS looks healthy. I'll take that all day. Yeah. Uh, what a line. Two catches, 
133 yards and a touchdown. I mean, but on that three is his targets. speed. That's what Aaron Rodgers talked up over the summer. In fact, Aaron Rodgers said he was taking MVS aside so that he could adjust his ball to MVS's speed. So again, evolution takes time, and now those things are starting to click, including a potential apology from Matt Harmon <laughs> to Jimmy Graham. I'm not apologizing okay. to Jimmy Graham. I think if I had two healthy knees, I could outrun Jimmy Graham right now. So let's talk. Well, about... maybe not right now, but like maybe, maybe me in a, like April, May, I could have done it. Not right now. Right now, I'm in the middle of the season. Oh yeah, this middle of the season is like can't even wear my jeans all damn day. Got to change into the Lululemons after yeah. all yeah, this amen. stuff. Oh amen my god, those wings for lunch. Hashtag regrets. <laughs> oh, I have no regrets. Oh. Uh, do you think that? I have some regrets about thinking that Jared Goff was going to go under two touchdowns in this game. Do you think his performance, however, (laughs) is this evidence? And I I have an opinion, but is this evidence of Goff and the Rams being right or Atlanta just being that bad? I think it's more Atlanta being that bad. Snaps. You know, I think that, look, it was good to see Goff put up a good statistical performance, still completed fewer than 60% of his passes. Like the wide receivers, Robert Woods, like led the day with five for 80 yards. You know, I mean, it's nice to see like Gerald Everett get involved. It's nice to see Todd Gurley. Like, I think they can use Todd Gurley more as a receiver. That to me is the best thing that happened is seeing Todd Gurley score via the run, uh, score via the pass and also look better. He looked a little looser to me. Yeah. I think, you know, I said this coming into the season that it was going to be tough to know like whether, Todd Gurley was going to be like a fast starter and a slow finisher or a slow Mm -hmm. starter and a fast finisher. I think we've kind of seen like none of that. And it's really just been all over the map with him so far. I think a week off probably did him some good. Jared, uh, Gerald Everett also remains a fixture or so it's seeming Brandon cooks though. What are you doing with Brandon cooks? Just like hope for the ceiling. I mean, this was the game that he was supposed to hit the ceiling in. Yeah. I think that's that was the problem is that I liked Woods better in this matchup because he was getting he was twelfth in the in the NFL among wide receivers and targets, and I mean he again he led the day but five for eighty like there's just not there's not enough room for this offense to support three wide receivers like they like they used to be able to do and these three guys are still out there and demanding targets and I think right now with the lack of protection that the offensive line is providing that's tough that, that the one that's going to suffer for that the most is Cooks. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. Did you? I liked seeing Jalen Ramsey come out in a Rams uniform and jaw at Julio Jones. I got to admit. Oh, yeah. thought it was great for the hashtag brand. I think it'll be great and a great fit great. here in L.A. Houston, Indiana. Indianapolis, I mean. The whole state. <laughs> Took on the whole state. Um, this was one of the most anticipated matchups because these were the two teams that had thumped the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. It didn't really go as I expected. I mean, is Zach Paschal a thing? ODU's finest. Zach Pascal, shout out Old to Old Dominion. Dominion University. I don't know, probably not. This is I was totally not expecting this outcome. Now, to be fair, Houston is much more vulnerable in the secondary than they are up front. They're a pretty good run defense. I was willing to bet that Marlon Mack would be able to best that today on volume. Mm, that didn't really happen. They came out slinging it with Jacoby Brissett, and you know it's weird. I don't really know where I stand on Jacoby Brissett. Like, I don't know that we've seen enough for him to, like, be the surefire Colts quarterback going forward. I mean, they gave him an extension, but, you know, moderate money. Like, they can still look for a young quarterback to fill in on this roster. But he has games like this within his range of outcomes where he can where he can really, you know, sling it all over a bad secondary. To me, he is a fantastic manager. 
who is being coached by an incredible offensive mind. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think, like, you know, when you think of the, the old term, I don't know if this is what you mean when you say manager, like game manager, like you think mm-hmm. of the, the old game manager terms. He's got a bigger arm, like, a, you know, some more mobility to him than your typical. He also plays it safe. He's like kind of, I mean, he's kind of like Alex Smith, like in a way. But like, you know, Alex Smith once put up an MVP type season in the Chiefs offense because, again, good coaching, aggressive mindset, solid offensive line, good weapons, lots of protection. Yeah. I mean, the weapons aren't great in Indianapolis, but T.Y. Hilton's a vertical threat. You have an incredible, you have a great running back. You have a healthy offensive line. That means very, I mean, we saw Case Keenum behind a very good offensive line produce, right? If Jen Welter always says if a quarterback isn't getting pressured, they can do all the things. Yeah. And I think that's a big tell for Jacoby Brissett here. Regardless, Zach Pascal had six catches for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. This was supposed to be a T.Y. Hilton game because usually he goes off against Houston. It's not like he didn't perform. He still had 70-plus yards and a score. Um, I am not doing the Zach Pascal thing. I'm not chasing no, these. No, probably not. I mean, he's had a he had a end zone trip, I think, before this game, too. So, I mean, he's not like he's totally coming out of nowhere. But this t- the target tree beyond T.Y. Hilton is just it's really wide. Like, you've got guys like Pascal popping up. You know, you've still got Deion Kane. People, people are always trying to find that Deion Kane game. Well, and Paris Campbell <laughs> has been banged up. So yep, that's yep. affecting things. But the Colts host the Broncos in week eight. I don't love that matchup other than for T.Y. Hilton, who I think is an every week start. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything from the Houston side of things that you noticed? Well, uh, saw some more pressure on Deshaun Watson in this game than we had previously. The running game really didn't get going, um, which kind of surprising. But Darius Leonard Darius was back, back in this game, and he, I think he's a difference maker, you know, when he's healthy. So um, I think that was a big return for them. And Hey, Darren Fells and Jordan Akins both had two targets apiece. <sighs> cool. I had to start Jordan Akins and felt like such an And they uh, also had <laughs> two catches apiece. So, again, they are... 50-50-ing it. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, this Houston offense, like, the the target distribution is nice when all these guys are there, but it, we just can't seem to get everyone healthy at the same time, like this wide receiver group. Hopkins got rolling again, but Will Fuller missed some time with this one, uh, put up a pretty paltry performance altogether. Kenny Stills was back when over 100 yards. Kiki Cutie had a rushing touchdown, which was more of like a little pitch in the red zone. They have so many weapons. It has the potential to be really fun, but again, can't seem to get everybody healthy at the same time. But I do like Kenny Stills, who's owned in just 12% of leagues next week against Against the Raiders, who you have mentioned, give up the most yards to slot opposing slot receivers. And we know that Kenny Stills is not just any old slot receiver, but a downfield, big slot, field-stretching type. Yeah. You know, and I don't know where you are on the Texans as a team, but I was talking to uh, – shout out again to Trevor, our fantasy social media editor. We were talking a little bit ago and, you know, just how up and down some of these teams are. And it's like right now I really think there's like maybe four very clear good teams like the Patriots, the Packers, uh, the Chiefs when Mahomes is healthy and like I, that might Saints, the Saints. Yeah. And like that's probably it. I mean, if I put the 49ers and like the Seahawks are probably in there, too, but they're a little bit off those four teams like the dirty little secret of the NFL is that it's like there's 20 teams that come after those four that are all 
pretty freaking even. Mm -hmm. And like, if any of them make it to the playoffs, as long as they have, I think all those teams have the ceiling outcome to like get hot and win the Super Bowl. And I think the Houston Texans are in that group, but I've, I've, thought at different times that they could be in that four-team group that like they could be really really good but the problem is like they have such clear defined holes the secondary the offensive line when they're i mean laramie tunsil's played great but still there's been issues there throughout i i think that they're they're not quite at that level of team yet but i've gone back and forth on the texans because they can be so fun to watch i would put them in that higher echelon in the four-team group i would i would i i think the point that you made about this whole team not being able to get healthy at the same time is why you're struggling to put them on that higher level. And when you have DeAndre Hopkins converting 9 of 12 targets in back-to-back weeks, also found the end zone, end zone for the first time since week one, like, that matters. Even, I mean, to me, that's a process over results situation. Mm-hmm. And I know that Watson, after going two weeks of not being sacked, did get laid out three times in this one. But again, Tunsil's so new. They're evolving, and I do think that the thing that the Texans are able to do is stay a little bit ahead of other offenses just enough, and so if they can stay healthy, they'll be able to overpower opposition. I think that makes uh, a lot of sense. I want to touch on this game before we jump out of here. I know it's not on the outline, but the Seahawks-Ravens. I was wondering if you'd go there since we just talked about the Seahawks. Because the the Seahawks lose this game, but you know, 30 to 16, Lamar Jackson, 14 rush attempts for 116 Mm -hmm. yards and a touchdown nine for 20 as a passer. I know everyone will be quick to be like, oh yeah, when he's not uh, dunking on the dolphin or the dolphins and the Cardinals, he's not a good passer, whatever. He's still like the, I mean, if you don't like watching Lamar Jackson play football, I don't think you like the sport. Uh, Number one, let me say that. Number two, I really do think like Hollywood Brown is emerging as like a true difference maker because not just what what he's doing on the field, but when he's not on the field, this offense really struggles. And Lamar doesn't have a lot of other great players to work with. Miles Boykin, our guy, uh, made a big play to start this game off. Lamar made an unbelievable throw there. But this game was just really interesting because I I think we kind of I'm going to give us both a pat on the back here which is that, like, we were kind of talking about when we did the Quicksilence preview of this, that this could go this way because of this, the way these teams want to play. And I know um, Chris Carson, 21 carries for 65 yards, not what you want to see here either on Seattle side. Uh, Tyler Lockett, though, had another touchdown. Well, yeah, you can't – look, you can't you, – you can only keep greatness bottled up for so long. Jerron Brown still saw six targets, which was tied for third in the team behind DK Metcalf and – Tyler Lockett. Metcalf, I think you, by the way, were totally right that he would get fed. A little disappointing on the outcome, only converting <laughs> four of those nine looks. Yeah, yeah, but for sure. That's a raw player, right? Yeah. Like, Jerron Brown, also six, but only converted th- three for 60 yards, though. I mean, he had a big, he had a big, like, 40-something yard um, catch. So you, you can tell yourself after this game that, like, the re- I think the replacement for... Will Disley. Um, for Will Disley is indeed Jerron Brown. Yeah. And I, I don't mind that. I'll take it. Oh, my goodness. Josh Oliver. Nothing. Seth Devolve dropped both of his looks. Well. Guess that bottle of Paso Robles wine. The GSM, which I did bring in. Yep. Y'all can attest to it. We'll stay. Liz plopped it down in the green room table in front of me this morning. And it, never again did it have to move. Nope. We did not <laughs> open it. I mean, Josh Oliver, like, that was a deep pull. 
Listen, I'm just keeping y'all abreast of situations. To be to you be fair, know, and you, I'm fine. To be fair to you, to give you some props here, Liz Lozen. Go for it. Will Disley, that was your week one like sneaky pick. He didn't do jack in that game, but every <laughs> game after that, before he died, uh, he <laughs> he was dunking on people. So I mean, maybe Oliver comes out with like. Seven for sixty-five. Jerome Brown touch. was also. I think I got a feel for the Seahawks. I went to Seattle in in February of last year, and I really felt that city. So maybe I just got a vibe with the Elevens. Twelves. The Twelves. Damn, <laughs> tough tough scene. That one of them. <laughs> the whole point they're called Twelves is because they're the twelfth man on the field. It's been a very long day, Matt. I've spent a lot of time with you. I'm very tired. You're welcome. Also came in feeling a little rough. On that note, we will be done. <laughs> We'll be back on Friday, y'all. You follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Lowe's underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out.